everyone, and welcome to the Malt House Games Podcast. I'll be your host this afternoon. My name is Delton, and with me today is my lovely wife, Haley. Hello. Would you all like to learn about some defense mechanisms? She is on a kick of defense mechanisms if someone's trying to kidnap you or choke you or attack you in some way. I've been listening to a lot of murder podcasts, a lot of like true crime. Murder. Which really I have to cut back on every once in a while because I recognize whenever I listen to too many of those combined with the traumas that you hear as a mental health therapist all the time, sometimes it doesn't lead to very pleasant dreams. So instead I've been filling my time with learning defense mechanisms. Is that sort of like when I was on a Reddit on the like uh, craziest things you've seen on Reddit and I freaked myself out? Yeah. To the point of like, Really, really, really anxious. Yeah, like the stuff Delton was reading on Reddit was like stuff that I hear about all the time. Yeah, but it was so creepy. Like I don't know how I don't know how you and other therapists manage it when you deal with a lot of trauma clientele. I watch a lot of defense mechanism videos. Ugh, it's the worst. For example, if someone has trying to steal your wallet, they're like trying to mug you. What you do is you take your wallet out and you throw it in the opposite direction that you're going to be running. If they're really after the wallet, they'll get the wallet. If not, they are distracted. Number two, if you get into your car, which this has happened to a friend of mine, and there was another person in your car with a gun, you buckle up. You buckle up real good, and you drive as fast as you can until you hit something, and they go flying. Actually, don't take this as any advice, please. This is just stuff that I read on the internet. I have no idea if this actually works, but it makes me feel empowered enough that I don't have stress dreams anymore. Did you know that our friend Jesse, uh, they were mugged at gunpoint one time at Penn Square Mall. Yeah, I remember that. Remember that before story? Before they got lights in the parking garage. Yes, before lights in the parking garage. If you parked not on the top floor and it was nighttime, sometimes it was a little sketchy. Yeah, we were recently in that parking garage with my two-year-old niece, my sister and I, and I told Riley that story. She's like, I'd F a mother F her up. And I'm like, I don't doubt you one, one bit. <laughs> Luckily, it's lit now. It's lit. It's hella lit. I hate you. Welcome to the Malt House Games podcast. We are a podcast not about self-defense mechanisms, but all about board games, RPGs, tabletop games, card games, and things of that sort. Really, if you're in any danger, call 911 or the police. Don't do it anything that I said. Yes, please. Those actions are yours and yours alone. We cannot be held liable. Please. I know that sounds like we're reading a script. We're not. <laughs> we just don't want you to do something very stupid when something very serious is happening. Yeah, that was just random stuff I read on the internet. <laughs> and you know, the internet is sometimes wrong. The internet is really, really great. Bar porn. And defense mechanisms. There you go. We nailed it. So we've had not super eventful last two weeks, but we did have an awesome weekend down with Jesse and Catherine. We went down, and I know we've talked about them before. They are, thank you guys, by the way, fantastic Patreon backers of ours. We appreciate you. And we got to go down into Texas and spend a weekend with them, at least a Saturday and most of Sunday. And it was really nice because I used to live with Jesse in 2011 in my first apartment outside of the dorms in college. And we did nothing but play video games, make horribly shitty food. And that was what we did. But we've been friends for a long time. And it's just that we live three hours away. And that was the apartment where you had two bedrooms, one bathroom, and four dudes, correct? There were two bathrooms, but there was oh, one shower. One shower. Yeah, it was two bedrooms, two toilets, and a shower, Jack and Jill, upstairs, and then a toilet and sink downstairs under the stairs. I, I bet that apartment smelled like butt and cheese at the same time. It was a lot of butt cheese. We had a lot of butt <laughs> no, cheese in the house. butt and cheese. No, it's butt cheese now. 
It goes together. I mean, I love every person who lived in that place. I love Kyle. I love Jesse. I love Cullen. I really love you. By God, I am so glad that I was not familiar with you during that time. It was really bad. All we did every day was wake up, play League of Legends, go to class, make fish sticks, because I ate 30 gallons of fish sticks a week. And then we would come home from class and play League of Legends. And then people who had to work would work, come home, and League of Legends. And that was our life for like almost a year, just video gaming it together. So getting to go down and spend time with Jesse and Catherine was awesome because- And not kicking bird apartments. Not kicking bird apartments because we don't get to see each other a lot. We don't get to hang out a lot. He works a nighttime shift and so it's nice. And then we got to know Catherine better because we don't know her super well until this weekend. Yeah. But we got to actually sit and visit and play games with them. They took us to Madness in Dallas. And I got to be on the- Auto Erotic Education podcast, which yes. should be dropping this week sometime. I believe so. Once uh, once Jesse finishes getting it edited and everything, then that should be dropping at some point. So check that out, not just for my episode, but for all the glorious episodes that come before and after me with the lovely Miss Catherine. And Liz. And Liz. Which means we also got to see Liz and Matt, and I haven't seen Matt in a long time because he has always lived three hours away, but also played video games with him forever, so... That was a good weekend. It was a great weekend. It was a great weekend with good friends, and it was nice to have, which I should say, again, thank you to them for being Patreon backers, as well as Allison and Alan for helping us obtain the new things we have here. Ta-da! You can't see it. (laughs) I can see it. We posted on social media that with our awesome Patreon backers' help, we were able to use the Patreon money from the past several months to get a new backdrop frame. I already had a cheap green screen but no frame for it. And then now I have a black curtain frame. Then we also got finally some lighting that's made for photos and videos and stuff, which is absolutely fantastic. So along with that and the microphone that we used or that we got with Patreon funds earlier this year, we are now about to jump back into videos again. And we've got one we're going to hopefully work on tomorrow. Uh, Gen Con may interrupt depending on our scheduling, and if so, it'll be after Gen Con, but we are going to have a video soon, and we're excited. Hashtag stoked. Hashtag stoked. So we did that. We went down to Jesse and Catherine's. What else have we done? We saw Zach and Sarah today. Saw Zach and Sarah today and their puppies. And we also got to have, we got to crash a birthday party. Yeah, we didn't have a birthday party. We did crash a birthday party. So Dallas and Jenny from 90 Second Nerd, who are friends with Nick and Becca from 90 Second Nerd, who we know, uh, invited us over for Dallas's birthday, which is a day of gaming. There was like 15 or 20 people in that house. All these tables of gaming, but we got to meet them and hang out and play some games for a little while, which was great. Hi, guys. So it's nice to be able to meet people that we know through social media and that know of us and we know of them, but like neither of us have really ever met. So that was really nice. Social media is such a strange thing. It is, because it feels like you really kind of know somebody. Right. But you've never actually met them. It's like Sweet Boy Michael. I felt like I knew him, and I knew his interests and his likes, and then I met him in real life. I'm like, oh, I know you. And then, <laughs> no, I really don't. Yes, that's exactly he how He didn't even feels. follow me back on Twitter at that point, so it's like he really didn't know who I was. I know. It's crazy just to think, like, you meet these people and make connections, and then when you actually get to meet, you're like, I don't know what to do with my hands. And that's how it feels. Yeah. But it's good. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Like, Delton and I have never actually met on, in real life. We've just been recording this podcast. (laughs) We're recording this through Skype as we speak. No, we're in the same room. Don't let her trick you. (laughs) But yeah, it's been a really fun week. We had a lot of fun playing games with two really excellent groups of people. And this week, Delton has a lot to look forward to. Me, not so much, because 
I'll be home by myself for five days with me and the cats. Before we talk about me drowning my sorrows for the next five days as I am alone in my living room, let's crack open a beer. Oh, here's the door. It's straight ahead. It's... it's a game. So today, before we dive into the game segment, we have two beers today. This is the first one we're opening. It is a German-style sour ale. It is a Goza. It's from 903 Brewers down in Texas, in Sherman, Texas. Now, this is a beer that Jesse and Catherine got us. They got uh, a couple beers from 903 Brewing and let us take some home to have here on the podcast. So again, thank you guys. Thank you very much. You are <laughs> they, kind to us. They have helped us out a lot recently, I and feel like. they were wonderful hosts. So this is a Goza, a German-style Goza with lime. It says, Goza is a salty, refreshing crusher. Crusher? Okay. Low IBU, a balanced herbal bouquet, the freshness of lime and salt bring out the best in the German-style ale and will keep you reaching for the cooler. Take it to the beach or kick back watching the game. You are sure to enjoy this one as much as we do. And it says it pairs well with bratwurst, ceviche, and horseshoes, which is hilarious. Oh, it's also 4.14 ABV. Very specific. You ever tasted a horseshoe? I've never tasted a horseshoe, but I have played horseshoes. Tastes like iron and dirt. Uh, that mm, yeah 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 so we have had this beer before but we thought it'd be a good beer for the podcast it's so light whenever you smell this beer you can already feel the sour taste buds being activated you know like when you taste something really sour and you feel it in the back of your tongue and your mouth starts to water that's what just happened to me well just smelling it you already have that reaction in your mouth which is glorious it's not a huge smell of sour to me but there's definitely a smell of sour there Ooh, a taste of it, too. It does have a very, very lime-heavy taste. A little bit of that saltiness. Mm-hmm. You can tell it's a very light ale. It's got a very light color. The mouthfeel feels foamy at first, smoothens out in the middle, and then at the end, it foams up again, almost. It's like it, it feels heavy at the end. You know, like whenever you'd make ice cream floats with sherbet ice cream and Sprite? Yeah. That's the mouthfeel I get from this. Oh, uh, like Sprite and a lime sherbet? Yeah, like it's really light and refreshing at first, but then you're left with this heavier taste on the back of your tongue. I could see it because it has a lot of heft in the back, but most of the flavors at the front of your tongue, that sour lime. But it's very good. We really liked this one a lot, so it's one I wanted to definitely have on the podcast. But yes, 903 Brewery in Texas. So for today's game segment, we're not going to be talking about a specific game. That is because this coming week on what date is it? August 31st, oh, sorry, July 31st, I will be hopping on a plane to fly to Indianapolis to go to Gen Con, which starts August 1st on Thursday. Put your hands up, playing your games. Delton's going to fly away. My flight is going to be absolutely atrocious because I leave Oklahoma City and I go to St. Louis, and then I believe at St. Louis I change planes. Then I hop on a plane and I fly to Tampa, Florida. No, I'm sorry. I fly to Atlanta, Georgia. And then I stay on the plane, and then it flies from there to Indianapolis. So I leave here at like 5 in the afternoon, and I get to Indianapolis at like midnight. What's that game that we played at Brian's, the one? Now boarding. Now boarding. They're just throwing me around to different cities They're just throwing you around until they around can different make it cities. work. And you really can't complain because you're actually going somewhere. I'm going somewhere, and it was the cheapest I could get tickets and actually have luggage. Right. So in that game, uh, if you have passengers that need to go from one route to the other, you can drop them off at a random city. 
and you can't make them wait more than, I think, like three turns. But you can literally take them all over the map and never drop them off, and they're going to stay happy because I think with how conditioned we are to the customer service and flight experience of our modern airplanes. Definitely. As long as we're in the air and going somewhere, even if it takes 35 hours, we're content because we're going somewhere. That's 100% accurate. I do not I do not think it's anything but accurate for that. But that's what it is. And then on the way back, I go from Indy to Houston, and I change planes, and then I go to Tampa, Florida, stay on the plane, you and then come home. You literally fly over Oklahoma City. <laughs> I know. Go to Tampa. I know. It's stupid, but it's the <laughs> cheapest tickets I could get and make it work. And I'm, I'm not comfortable with Delton driving. He doesn't know all Yay. the defense mechanisms that I do. Apparently not, because the drive is long. So I don't trust him to go by himself. Which makes sense. But I will be at Gen Con if you're going. I will be working at the Tuesday Night Games booth. So I'm going to be there quite a bit of the time, I would say. But I'm going to be roaming around, picking up whatever I need to pick up, visiting with people, hanging out with people I never get to see, which is going to be super exciting. So I'm just excited to see everyone and do all that kind of stuff. But I will be there. Find me. Do something. Let's say hi. Have a beer. Play a game. Something along those lines. Michael, we got something for you that I made. Ooh, we got to make sure to remember to pack that. Yes. And we have something for Gates as well. Yes. So I will bring both of those along with me. Bug Delton for them. If you are listening to this podcast, Bug Delton, because he might forget and leave it in his backpack. <laughs> that's, that's a true statement. But yeah, so I will be at Gen Con. So for the game segment of this episode, instead of talking about a game we've played and kind of giving it a review like normal, I wanted to talk about the games that I'm most excited to either demo or buy or at least look at at Gen Con and kind of give my thoughts on why I think they look cool, which most of it's going to be the art's pretty, but that's okay. But I just wanted to kind of talk about those and do that to change it up a little bit for the Gen Con episode, because I will also talk about Gen Con afterward. However, that would probably be a little bit shorter and not so much of a focus. And I will talk about my Gen Cant experience, which is probably going to be me eating Thai food in the living room while watching Queer Eye reruns. That sounds super accurate. Yeah, you jealous? Not really. All right. So, Haley, I'm going to ask you this. So, obviously, I can't just go buy games that only I want and ignore Haley's likes, because that wouldn't be a functioning way to get my games played and also like rude. So Haley, what are your top like three games that you want me to either come home with or demo? So do you want me to just list these or do you want me to list them and describe why I want them as I go? Uh, do both. Yeah. List and describe them. That way you can say, I really want this game. Here's why that kind of thing. Okay. So number one, I really want Watergate. So Watergate, from what I understand, Delton's actually told me about this. I haven't Ooh. read about it myself. But basically, one of you is playing the Nixon administrative, administration. The other side is playing a team of journalists. And the journalists are trying to uncover the Watergate scandal while the Nixon administration and his lackeys like Roger Stone are trying to keep it covered up. And so you are playing kind of a back and forth game where... No, the more information you cover up, the less information the other has to hide kind of thing, right? Yes, absolutely. It's basically a game of tug and war the entire time where you are trying to gain, as a journalist, you're trying to gain more clues to place on the board to make connections between Nixon and some of these people. And you as Nixon is trying to take those things and blacklist them and make it to where I cannot see them, which ruins those connections and interrupts them. I am not a crook. Exactly. You did it right with like the loose lip. I'm not, not a, crook. a crook. I always think of the Futurama 
<laughs> With Nixon in a jar. Yeah, and what's his uh Agnew is Agnew. The, the headless guy, which yeah. I guess wasn't that his running mate? Yes. I okay. So. It's so great. But yes, so I'll go ahead and say Watergate, I've already pre ordered it for pickup at Gen Con because I think I'm I'm very excited about it, and I think that we are going to absolutely adore the game. I mean, I love history games. I love political science games. I absolutely love everything to do with presidencies. I don't know why, but that's one of my favorite themes. So, of course, I'm looking forward to this just based on the theme alone. And it is from Capstone Games, which is a very popular game company. And it's designed by Matthias Kramer, who is a German designer that's very popular. Uh, I can't think of any of his games off the top of my head, but I know that they tend to be something people like a lot. So really excited for this one. Glad I'm going to be definitely bringing it home. I have it on pre-order, so there, there will be a copy for me at the booth. I'm stoked. So what is your next top game you want me to either test or bring home? So the second one is Wingspan. So Wingspan is actually one that I played today uh, at Jenny and Dallas's house. Uh, Wingspan, of course, is a Spiel des Jahres the game of the year, and it is a, a Stonemire game. And, oh my God, it was so much fun. It was the cutest little engine builder, and of course, a one. So, you know, that kind of biases me toward liking it. But it was simple to learn and very fun to play. And plus, from what I understand, every single bird card is completely different. And the bird cards have the descriptions of the birds where you can find them on a map. And just little blurbs about them so you can learn as they go. And the birds actually correspond to their habitats on the board as you're building your engines, and it's adorable. That is one that I wanted to play. I did not pre-order it when it came out. And they said they're going to have copies at Gen Con, and they've been in low supply because they had their print run, and they underestimated how much people wanted. And so they've already got four print runs in action right now, I think, or at least three. So I'm excited to potentially get my hands on it. I haven't decided if we want to pick it up at Gen Con yet because... It is already released. It will be out to the public. It's getting restocked and going out of stock and getting restocked. I think it was at PB&J Games last time we went, wasn't it? It might have been. And that's one of those things is we can pick it up locally, so I right. don't need to try to pack it in my luggage. But at the same time, it'd be kind of cool to pick it up from Gen Con. Right. But we'll see on that one. But that's definitely one I want to look more into, and you can pick it up you know, at Gen Con. No, I only played it once, but already I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. If we do get it, that's one that even we'll try I, to do an episode on. Even if I didn't, wouldn't have won, it still would have been great. Yeah. I'm it, just it's at least gorgeous on the table. It is. Yep. And the last one, I know that Delton won't be able to pick up because it won't be released until 2020, but it is Calico. Delton, tell him your pet peeve about the Calico. My pet peeve about the game Calico. So it's illustrated by Beth Sobel, who's an amazing artist. She's we, the one who did Sunset, Sunset Over, Water, Over Water. As well as like Viticulture and stuff. Very, very good. We always enjoy it. But... And I don't know if this was her decision or somebody else's. The game is called Calico, and it's all about, like, looks like quilting shapes or little tokens on a board. I don't really know exactly how the games work, but it looks like it's a kind of a pattern. You're making groups of patterns, sort of like a weird version of patchwork. But there's a cat on the cover. It is not a Calico cat. The game is called Calico, and that's an orange tabby, and I'm mad about it. It's a tabby cat. It's a cute cat. It looks great, but it's not a Calico, and it throws me off. So I don't really know a lot about how the game is played. Me neither. But the reason why I want it is, one, is a kitty. Two, it looks like a simple game that uses quilting as a theme, which I like. And three, I like Beth Sobel's artwork. So it says estimated play times like 30 to 45 minutes. So I just want Delton to test it because I'm already sold on it. But I want him to test it for me at Gen Con because I'm sure they'll have demonstrations set up. They will. And let me know how it goes. 
I mean, it's all about sewing a quilt and making the most attractive quilt for the cats to come lay on. So, like, the theme-wise is perfect. (laughs) So, it's just adorable, and it looks like it's going to be a pretty neat game. I love kitties. I know you do. They're so wonderful. So, my top three, I'm going to copy Haley and say Watergate, which I'm already bringing it home, so it's kind of a cop-out. I might make it a fourth and do three others, but Watergate. I'm very excited for it. Just looks like it's going to be a really good game and something we will enjoy, even though I will likely lose every single game. That's fine. Uh, number two, I'm very excited about Black Angel. So Black Angel is designed by the same designers of Twa from Pearl Games. It's being p- produced through Pearl Games, but the graphic design and illustrations is by Ian O'Toole, which you will know Ian O'Toole from like Lisboa. I believe he did The Gallerist. A lot of these Vital Lacerda games, he's the guy who designs and does the art for those in Escape Plan. Black Angel is said to be a spiritual successor to Twa. It's all about where humanity's essentially been wiped out, but the Black Angel, which is an AI-driven ship, has what's left of all of humanity's DNA and is taking it across the universe to try to start and allow evolution to kick in again and for humanity to come back. It's like our last resort to keep the species alive. So kind of a cool spacey theme. It's sci-fi, yes, but it's not too crazy, like weird sci-fi. It seems like a neat, unique kind of idea. But the game is going to be like Twa. You're rolling dice, using those dice to do these different actions. It looks complex. It's going to be a long game. It's probably going to run an hour and a half, two hours. But it looks gorgeous. And with those designers, as much as I think Twa is a brilliant game, if this is the spiritual successor to where it does a similar thing but different, it's worth it to own both is what I've heard. I'm very excited about it. I just have to hope I can get a copy because a lot of people want it and they're not going to have that much. So I'm going to have to basically, first thing I do is pick up Black Angel if possible. You know your shift schedule with Tuesday night games yet? Not yet. I'm thinking that we'll probably talk about that early in the morning on Thursday Mm -hmm. whenever we all, like, I'll get there about midnight Wednesday night and I'll probably get to the hotel at like 1 a.m. as my guess and then go to sleep. The vendor hall doesn't open until 10 and they usually set it up the day before. So I'm guessing if it's not set up, I'll help them set up in the morning. But then we'll discuss, like, here's here's how we're going to do our sales stuff. Alan handles all the transactions, I'm pretty sure. Here's how we're going to do this. Who's working what? And we'll probably go through and set it out if Alan doesn't talk to me before then. So I don't know yet, but I'm going to try. Usually what happens is everybody gets in there uh, along with media about an hour before the hall opens. And a lot of times the workers and media people are able to go around and do their shopping real quick before everybody else. I don't know that I love that or not, but I hope I get to do it because I want Black Angel. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. The last two years it sucked, but this time. Yeah, this time. So for my third favorite game, I mean, really I'm excited about Mega City Oceana probably the most as my like next one up. That's from Hub Games designed by... Jordan Draper and Michael Fox. I think Michael Fox helped design it. I'm like 99% sure. But Jordan Draper's been very popular in the design world. I have not played one of his games yet. And Sweet Boy Michael is very popular in our hearts. Yes, he is. He's very, very kind. And we love talking to him when we can at cons. But uh, Mega City Oceana, you are having to use these awesome like black and gray and clear pieces to build buildings and slide them out into the quote-unquote ocean. So you build it in front of you and push it to the center of the table and let it join with the rest of the floating city out in the ocean. And if it falls or pieces fall off of it, certain things can happen. It looks stunning on the table. It looks like a fantastic production. It seems like it's going to be super fun, and I'm excited to play it. It's got a little dexterity. 
but it's also like a little strategy in there. So they've kind of seems to have made a nice blend. It sounds like a BP oil, Derek. It basically is, but it's a city. Huh. Interesting. So that's my three. We're also excited. We've, we've had this one forever, but the new printing of Love Letter. Yes. Love Letter's being reprinted with a couple, like one or two new cards. I think Love Letter was the first one that we bought together. Like, we had only been dating about a month or so. We went yep. into this old board game shop. Little Shop of Games. Little Shop of Games. Uh, the guy, Sam, demoed it for us, and we fell in love with it. And we, for months, months and months and months, brought it with us everywhere. It's always in my little cat purse. We played it constantly, and we love it. And so to see a new edition with new artwork, and they're adding a zero, and then they're pumping the princess from an eight to a nine, and they're, and they're adding taking, one more card. They're taking away a lot of, a lot of the boobage. Yeah, they've, they've refined the artwork. It's not so over the top. Uh, it's more diverse, which is good. Less boobage. Less boobage just hanging out. So it looks awesome. It looks like they've improved upon the game, which is always a positive. So super excited to grab that. It should be in full. Uh, hopefully, being a, such a small game, it'll be in a large supply. Uh, aside from that, I really want to pick up Point Salad. It's a set collection game. A lot of people say it replaces Sushi Go. I've been over Sushi Go since Haley was hyped up on drugs when she got her wis- uh, not wisdom teeth, your tonsils, tonsils taken, taken out, out. I, and we played it forever. Well, it's the only game that I can mentally comprehend while under the influence of painkillers. Yes, and so... <laughs> we played it a lot. So, and then my friends would come over, and we'd play it in the afternoon, and then more friends come over, hey, I'll play Sushi Go, we'd play it in the afternoon. It was either that and Anthony Bourdain. Wow, that's true. We watched a ton of Anthony Bourdain stuff. But I'm excited for Point Salad. It's a, just another simple game focused around set collection, but it looks like it's really fun. Aside from that, I have a big list of games I want to look at, but I don't have anything else that I'm dying to bring home. He had 618 games on no, no, his no. list. That's the entire convention preview oh, list. My, my list was 36. Jiminy Christmas. I was like, Delton. No, no, my list was Delton. 36 games. That's extreme for you. I know it is. So we've talked about Calico, Love Letter, Mega City Oceana, Point Salad, Black Angel, Watergate, and Wingspan. Wingspan. There's a whole bunch more, like Tonari, that has the new Quan Chi Moria artwork. It's gorgeous artwork. I don't know how much I'll love the game, so I want to demo it. Uh, there's several games like that that I just want to demo. I want to try the new Eternal uh, standalone boxed card game from Renegade, based off the Eternal digital card game made by Direwolf Digital. I want to try it. I don't know if I want to buy it yet until I play it. So I have a huge list of, I just want to look at it. I want to play it. I want to walk around see what I feel, and then it doesn't even throw in the fact that I'm going to go through the consignment store. Right. Because last year we got great deals in consignment that are like, why would I buy anything else? This is something I've been wanting, and it's 25 bucks, like new and shrink. So I don't know what else I'll be bringing home, but the ones we've talked about that I can, I'm pretty much going to. I'm excited to see what you come home with. Plus, this means more content for the podcast. More content <laughs> for the podcast. Uh, so much to do. But yes, those are the games. We'll look at it, Gen Connor. I will. And hopefully, I'm going to try to keep up with posting pictures of games as I demo and doing some stuff like that on social media, keeping track of this game looks cool, this doesn't, and hopefully give you some interesting pictures. If you're not at Gen Con, you can see what I'm talking about. Join me and Gen Cant and creep on Delton's Twitter. That's the way to do it. Before we get into the topic, let's get into another beer. Hey, what can I get you? I'd like a topic. Any special way? Make it a top shelf topic. Coming up. Enjoy. So the second beer today, before we dive into the topic, is Beer Mosa IPA, also from 903 Brewers. It is an orange India Pale Ale. It says, keep cold and drink it fresh. This is 6.5 alcohol by volume, 
and it says, please read, this beer is packed with fruit, much more than we've ever put into a beer, and must be cared for unlike other beers. Keep this beer cold. Turn over once before serving to redistribute any settled fruit, but do not shake it. I didn't do that. My bad. Uh, Drink it fresh and enjoy and repeat. So this is also a beer that we already had at Justine Catherine's. Yes. And I know this is going for like the beer Mosa, but when I drink this beer, what I get is a combination of a gas station Corona and high C. Definitely. And it's great. Like, that sounds like two terrible things to combine, but it tastes like a gas station Corona mixed with high C, and it, it has, like, that bubbly of the Corona and the sweet and smooth high C nostalgic taste, which is really weird to be drinking something that tastes like your childhood whenever it's alcoholic and you're 27. It's very weird to have something that tastes like a Sunny D. That's what it reminds me of. High C for you? That's high C. I, t- I get Sunny D. Mine's got a little bit of that's bitterness, a, probably because I didn't mix it well. That's the McDonald's high C. Like, you go to the soda fountain, you get a high C from McDonald's, that's what that tastes like. Does yours have any bitterness at all on that one? A little bit in the back. Okay, mine does too. I was wondering if it was just because the way I poured it and I didn't, like, tilt it like it said, which is my fault, but... That's where the gas station Corona comes in. Is that what it is? It's like a hint, or it's, it's an overpowering taste of high C at the beginning with the finish of gas station Corona. I could see it. I'm down with that. I give the best beer reviews. Like, I really feel like you can yeah. taste what I'm, what I'm talking about. You would never pass as an actual, like, LJCP or whatever it is. I'm going to reinvent the game. <laughs> this, remember that one that tastes like alcoholic fruity pebbles? Was I wrong? No. This no. one tastes like alcoholic high C mixed with gas, gas station Corona? Am I wrong? I think it's the BJCP. It's like the Beer Judges Certification Program or something. I'm going to make my own. Uh, you probably should. It's the Weirdos Certification. But, okay, would you rather me say, this, this tastes like tangerines with a kick of salt and a finish of orange peel. That makes more sense for a beer. Yeah, but that is like describing <laughs> all citrusy beers. No, this tastes like high C and gas station Corona, all and right. it tastes damn good. All right, easy, easy over there. are going to spill it all. I am not a crook. It is very light, very crisp, has a very strong orange flavor, and is definitely something that could be good for like a good brunch. But not like the orange juice flavor, not like an actual orange. Like no, the, no, no. The 1990s orange-ish flavor of high C from McDonald's. I don't know. I, I get a smell of real oranges, but the taste is Same less with high real. C. It smells like oranges. When do you think I drank high C last? <laughs> I it's don't know. been decades. I can't remember. It just tasted high yep. C and Sunny D were both just fake orange flavor. Yeah, so but they're I don't very remember. different. They're very different beverages. Okay, well, this is basically orange juice mixed with beer. That's what I'm going to say to make Haley shush it. Orange juice mixed with beer. Uncultured swine. <laughs> For the topic today, so she can come off her soapbox. The topic today standing on, standing on it. is going to be looking down at you. What things do we wish we would have known before Gen Con? So essentially, this will be my third year at Gen Con. Haley's been the past two with me. And it's something that we wanted, to, you know, especially I feel like the first time. I feel like that's the big thing here is we wish we would have known this the first time. Right? Right. What's, what's some stuff that you wish you would have known the first time? What are your big takeaways now? So the biggest thing for me is bring your own water bottle, even if it is a plastic, like disposable water bottle, one that you should be recycling, bring your own water bottle because water there is expensive and 
from what I remember, there are two water fountains. Sometimes you have to meander and try and find the water fountains because they're not readily apparent. Yep. But there are water fountains, and you do not want to be spending $4 on a bottle of water. Something else that Delton and I did, but we aren't, we are okay with warm water. We kept a, like, bottle of, or a package of 24 nice brand water bottles in the back of the car. And so whenever we went back to the car to freshen up or to put our gin call and haul back there, we just got a couple of bottles of water. You will be saving so much money buying a $3 package of those. And remember to recycle. Then you would buy, be buying a $4 bottle of water every time you turn around because you need to hydrate yourself. Even if you don't drink a lot of water, when you are walking around that con, there are a lot of stinky people. You'll be sweating a lot. You'll be joining those stinky people. Therefore, you need to replenish your human juices with some water on the rag. Yeah, we kept water in the car, which was a lifesaver for us because, as she said, we'd get to the car and chug one and then take one with us, and we like, would try to stay hydrated as much as possible. Y'all ever shotgunned a bottle of water? Because that's what you're going to do. Seriously, it's worth it. It's worth it to keep super hydrated and also carry snacks. Like, I don't want this necessarily to just be a first timer's guide to Gen Con. However, backpack, you want some kind of wet wipes or something like that. Some kind of Germex. Yes. You want deodorant to freshen up. You probably want breath mints or gum. And then you want water. I think I already said snacks. Uh, it's good to go ahead and pack like a phone charger and maybe even like a power strip. If you need to steal an outlet, let other people charge as well. So something that I did for our second Gen Con experience, the days where we knew we were going to be gone for like 14 hours, because the Gen Con hall opens at 10 o'clock, but you might get there at 8 o'clock. And then if you're playing games, like whenever we joined the Tuesday night podcast, we played games until like four in the morning. That was like an 18 hour day. I brought an extra shirt that day. Made me feel like a yes. new woman. Yes. Extra clothing, extra shirt, extra socks, stuff like that is super helpful. Honestly, too. And this might just be from the male perspective or somebody that may be slightly overweight and it would be more comfortable. A little bit of gold bond goes a long way. And <laughs> if you're sweaty and walking around a lot, that's something I have utilized in the past. Very, very helpful. Because you will get sweaty. Just in yes. the words of Big Daddy, don't let yourself become the stinky kid in class. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be the stinky kid in class, that's for sure. Aside from that, those are like the basics for Gen Con of like what we kind of read about going in the first year. But I feel like the biggest thing for me of something that I wish I would have known at Gen Con going in was just that everyone will be happy to talk. Yes. That's my biggest thing is... I, you know, we came across Quan Chai Moria last year. It was our first time. Was it last year that we got to see him and talk to him? Yes. Okay, first time to see him. I was so just like, he's going to be like, please leave me alone, blah, blah, blah. I mean, obviously, he's one of the best in the business right now. But being able to walk up and tell him, I love your stuff. I think you're probably the best artist out there at the moment in the board game industry. You're fantastic. And just the kindness that literally every designer, every artist, every content creator gave us back when we spoke to them. Everyone is nice and wants to talk to you, and I wish I would have understood that before. Right. Isaac Vega was the same way. Each time we went up and talked to him, we had a full conversation. It wasn't just like a, hi, we like your game. Oh, that's great. We sign our box. Okay, cool. Bye. No, we, we said, hey, we liked your game. Oh, cool. Let me show you what else we have coming out this year. And he showed us like all of this stuff. This is before we hung out at the uh, BOGO retreat. Yeah. That's before we became what I consider friends. I mean, we always liked him, but I think we became friends over the board game retreat. I'm just saying. Yeah. But he engaged us in a full conversation, showed us his new games. He was happy to be there. And it's really a positive and great environment. And this is your chance to meet the people that you 
play the games you admire. And so I, I really think that they appreciate hearing that as well. So don't be afraid to engage. I really think they do. And it's something that just, I don't know, it's so weird to walk up to somebody that's like a high-level designer, top of the list, everyone loves them, and they're just like, oh, hey, how you doing? Yeah, you enjoying the show, this and that. And they're just, they're welcoming because I think they feel appreciated. They feel that their hard work and everything is being recognized. And I mean, I couldn't imagine being one of those people and having, you know, 20, 30, 40 people in two hours come up and say, I love your game. Can I buy it? Or, hey, I watch you on here. I really enjoy it. That's just awesome. So it's one of those things that I wish I would have known going in the first year. And someone that made that a really great experience was actually Alan. I remember going in our first year at Gen Con and Delton's like, this is the Tuesday night games booth. Well, that was the first place we went. That was, that's Alan in the yellow hoodie. And we're both kind of nervous to go up and say hi. But as soon as Delton introduced himself as Sir Delton from that one episode. Yep. Then, I mean, even before that, Alan was super nice. But no, we got a hug. We were shown his game. We were shown what was now called uh, That's Not Lemonade back whenever it was, uh, what was it? Back then it was You Mad Bro. You Mad Bro. Like, he he engaged with us, and he took joy in showing us his games, and you can share in that joy. It's really awesome. People want to share their games. People want to interact with others. That's why they're there. And yeah. so let yourself be a part of that. It's really fun. You'll make great connections and great friends along the way. 100%. Just all of that. Eat. Eat food. Eat good food. Don't just eat the little French fries, even though, well, you can eat the French fries there in that little convenience area but eat decent food eat a decent meal because if you go three days just snacking or eating grease you're gonna feel like crap you're gonna have a gen con hangover that's just science and the gen con hangover has nothing to do with alcohol that's just from spending four days walking around in the convention hall with sixty thousand other people and if you're feeding your body crap and not drinking your water through that you're gonna feel like crap even worse because you're gonna feel like crap anyway it's just a science fact you're gonna feel like crap after gen con not that it's not a good experience, but you're going to. So feed your body well so you don't have that Gen Con hangover last for more than like a day. That's very true. Eat sufficiently, like keeping snacks is good, but we at least once a day went to like P.F. Chang's or Island Noodle sets up on Georgia Street right outside the front of the convention. That is my next tip. Go to Island Noodle every day of your life. It'll change your life. They have normal with chicken and they also have a vegan option, which is basically they just don't give you the meat and it's essentially stir-fried noodles with some veggies in it. may not be the healthiest thing for you, may have a lot of soy sauce. However, it's delicious. It's right there outside the convention, and it's not expensive. So it's worth some? it. I will not. It would not last. It would oh. have to go to Houston, then to Tampa, then to Oklahoma <laughs> City, and it's not going to make it. That's why God invented ice chess. Uh, yeah, maybe. Science. But food is essential. That's a big thing. Make sure to get at least one good meal a day. I think that's a huge, huge part. That P.F. Chang's saved our lives as well. Yes, it did. We'd have an appetizer. We'd get the full meal, have a bunch of water, and then we felt like humans again, and then we'd go downstairs to where we parked and drive on back to the Airbnb. I think the other big thing that I wish I would have known about Gen Con is it's okay to not do things. Yes. Gen Con is one of those things where there's games everywhere, there's demos everywhere, there's events every single day, all through the day, in all different locations. Pick what you really want to do and go do that. But give yourself time to sit, give yourself time to walk around, but give yourself just time to breathe. Don't think you have to see everything because... Sleep! Yeah, sleep sufficiently, please. 
But that vendor hall, the exhibitor hall, which is arguably that's majority of Gen Con, is going to the vendor hall. I mean, that's where I have the most fun at Gen Con, which is probably a sad thing. But I absolutely love walking that vendor hall. You can get through the entirety of the vendor hall in one day. It's going to be difficult. That's all you're going to do. But if you wanted to see the entire vendor hall and then go do all these events and play games the rest of the days, you could do that. You're going to be going knees to chest all day long. <laughs> it, it would take you. We've been up and down every single aisle in a day and several times, but to see everything takes forever. You will not see everything in no. one day. But it's worth it to just take the time and realize I may miss something. I may not get to go to an event that I thought would be cool. And that's okay. Or I may not pick up a game I really wanted. Yes. Like don't if let I, that define your whole trip if you miss out on the hot game the first day. Exactly. If I don't get Black Angel on Thursday when it opens, then I'll just like order it from Cool Stuff or pick it up down the street at PB&J. Like, it's not a huge deal for that to happen. So that's one of my big things I wish I would have known the first day is it's okay. It is okay. Yep. I think the last thing I really want to talk about is interacting with people. So if you're going to Gen Con by yourself, I guarantee you there are going to be probably a thousand other people who are there by themselves. Hi. Or if you're going not by yourself, but you're wandering around alone, there's going to be other people wandering around alone. They're going to want to engage with people just as much as you want to engage with people. And so sit down at a demo table that's looking for one more player. Or if you see someone who's, you know, hanging out by themselves, see if they want to grab and play a game together. People want to connect and play games. That's why they're there. They just might be as lonely or as awkward as you're feeling. That is the most truth because there's always somebody there that's there by themselves because they wanted the experience. And not only does it benefit you to interact with somebody because then you're not being just by yourself walking around. You might just play a game, but it's also benefiting them by not only you showing kindness as a stranger, but they're then not going to feel as alone. So it's really a mutual benefit all around if you just interact kindly with people, play games when you only need one, and just kind of, you know, enjoy it. And we met some cool people last year doing that. Yeah, yeah, people there by themselves that had been before and their wife couldn't come, so they just came to Gen Con and super nice, played demo games with them, and it was just really neat. Like, it's nice that everyone's in a good mood. They're there to play games and have fun. Just as long as you're nice to everyone, it's good. Right. And that's one key is uh, watch out for the grumpies because there's only there's not a ton. We didn't have a ton, but man, we had some people with no social cues. Oh, geez. Walk, the guy that walked through the crowd with his hand sticking out, pushing between just people. staring at his hand as someone got into his way. He'd like tap them with their hand until they moved and he just boogied on along the way. It, I mean, he got to where he was going. He was efficient and he was skilled, but good I mean, Lord. I can move quickly through a crowd if I want to, but like I at least acknowledge there's people and like, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me. Right. Which I don't say excuse. I say excuse because I'm from the Midwest. You say beep, beep. <laughs> beep, beep. Beep, beep. Oh, I'm going to sneak right past you. <laughs> oh, just. <laughs> oh, uh, if you're oh. not from the Midwest, <laughs> there is a term that's almost a sound effect that's OPE, which oh. is O-P-E is how they usually oh. alliterate it. Oh, I'm going to sneak right past you. Oh, is that right? Me there. Alliterate it? That's not right. Is it? Onomatopoeia? I guess onomatopoeia. I don't know. But you Exclamation. Oh. Yeah, oh, but basically it's like if you go to walk. Colloquialism. If you go to turn around a corner and someone's turning around the corner at the same time and you like say something, some people go, oh, excuse me, but we go, oh. Well, the thing <laughs> that's funny is that in big cities, you know, it's more crowded. So people yeah. like will go past each other, touch each other, not even think anything of it. But yeah. in the Midwest, it's like it's a crowd if there are two different sets of people in the same aisle at Walmart. Yes. And so you'll be walking past someone like a good 18 inches apart and you'll go, 
Oh, I'm going to sneak right past you. We're well, not even touching each other. Then you go nope. somewhere like Las Vegas or Los Angeles or uh, even Providence. And people like brush up against you, touching you. They're so close and say nothing. And we're like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird experience for us Midwesterners. We don't know what we're doing. Right. We're not used to people. No, not at all. <laughs> I think that covers the Gen Con, kind of what we wish we would have known. I mean, it's it's almost like an introductory, simple guide to Gen Con. Spot the Midwesterner by how much they say, oh. Yeah, but it's not too bad. But those are things we wish we would have known and we know now, which means I can make the most of my third year at Gen Con. Plus, being that I'm volunteering at the Tuesday Night Games booth, then I'm going to be able to talk to a lot of people. Uh, a bunch of people are going to come by and say hi. I know several others that are volunteering at other booths, so I will definitely go say hi to them. So I'm just excited to interact with people and kind of be forced to through volunteering. So I think it's just going to be a lot of fun, and I can make the most of my third year. Y'all take good care of my Delton for me. Yeah. If you would, if you take any pictures of my Delton, will you please tweet at me so I can see him along the way having fun? There you go. That's a good idea. And so I can see you guys, too, because I do want to. I wish I could go with you this year. Yeah. But since I started a new job, it was difficult to take off. And hey, I've been working here for about four and a half weeks. Can I take off for five days? Is that cool? Okay, bye. Yeah. I didn't sense. really feel comfortable doing that quite yet. So I'm going to send my little Delton off on his own. I know he's going to have a great time. Yeah. And I'll be living vicariously through you. Yay. So since we talked about what we wish we knew at Gen Con, let's talk about what we're looking forward to at this Gen Con. And now, join us for a Malthouse Games podcast special, My Size Question. So for me, since I'm not going, I'm looking forward to hearing what you did, hearing your stories, seeing your Twitter posts, and enjoying the Gen Con Hall. The Gen Con Hall is always the best part of Gen Con. And not having to lug around the Gen Con <laughs> Hall. You don't have to lug it, deal with the car ride or any of that. You get to I, stay at home. Nope. I just get to enjoy it come Tuesday morning. Friggin' nerd. No, not Tuesday morning. Monday I fly morning? out Wednesday afternoon. Oh, I'm sorry. I get back Monday at like 2 p.m. Right. So, yeah. Hey, that works out. It's fine. But I think what I'm most looking forward to is just seeing the people I don't get to see. We get to see Alan. We get to see Sean. I get to see Ben. I get to see Gates. I get to see Tyler. Uh, I get to see Andrew. Just a whole bunch. We get to see Michael again. We get to see Clifford, who backs us on Patreon. I get to see all kinds of people that some of them I haven't met in person and some of them I have met in person kind of thing. So it's just going to be nice seeing people, meeting people, playing games, hopefully hanging out a little bit and just enjoying company of fellow gamers. I think that wraps up this episode. It's running a little bit long, so hopefully I can get it cut down nicely. If you have any comments or questions or have a topic for us to cover, a game to look at, or questions to answer on the show, then email us, contact at malthousegames.com. Don't forget to hit us up on all social media at Malthouse Games. It's M-A-L-T-H-A-U-S Games. You can find me personally at Delton Brack, D-E-L-T-O-N-B-R-A-C-K. And you can find Haley at S-Q-U-I-R-R-E-L-L-Y-G-E-E-K. And then again, don't forget to find me at the Tuesday Night Games booth at Gen Con. I felt so happy. Catherine says that she sings my S-Q-U-I-R-R-E-L-Y-G-E-E-K along with me whenever I say it on the podcast. That made me so happy. I don't know why. Is <laughs> that somebody singing along with me. It makes me great. It's because yeah. it's a staple of our podcast and Catherine's awesome and so are we. Yes, we are. Bam. Positivity. Positivity. I think that's going to wrap this up nicely. 
Let's get out of here. It's getting hot in the computer room. And I've got to start editing a little bit, if not tonight, early in the morning, because this comes out tomorrow. Bright and early. Bright and early. So thank you again for tuning in to the Malthouse Games podcast. Until next time, sit back, relax, grab a drink, and play some games. We'll talk to you later. Talk at you later. Bye. Bye.